Okay, Oscar fans, the Golden Globe nominations still haven't come out. Either have SAG uh, award nominations, but we are fearless Oscarologists here at Gold Derby, and we still quite arrogantly, thank God, think we know what we're talking about in the Oscar race. So I need backup, and I brought two of the best here. We have Claudia Puig, who uh, is uh, the uh, does film reviews for National Public Radio on KPCC and is the president of the Los Angeles Film Critics Association, and Keith Simonton, who is the film editor of IMDb, and Tom O'Neill with Gold Derby. Um, I wanna start this off by sharing my screen, and then Claudia, I'm gonna to come to you. I'm going to show you what our charts show when you take just all of the experts' predictions, we now have about 30 of them, and you aggregate them into a chart. It looks like It looks like this. Uh, can you see my screen? Yes. Okay, so uh, what's fascinating about here is uh, Nomadland has remained out front um, from the very beginning after winning Venice and some of the early festival of awards. And when I would ask a lot of our Oscarologists why they had it out front, they said, well, it's my placeholder. Uh, it did, I think it won Toronto as well. Uh, but look what's on the rise here. We have Trial of Chicago 7, who, that's trending up. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom has been, it's a straight line up, has been rising. Mank, the green one here, has been falling, and it began, uh, some of us thought, as the potential winner. Uh, and then you have this Minati, or Minari, as we say in the West, uh, which is kind of like Parasite. It's that little foreign language film that just it's like the life ahead this year with Sophie Loren. Just a darling, precious gem of a movie. Uh, uh, but in terms of what can win, uh, Claudia, uh, what do you think is real here? What can win? I think it's the top two. I really, uh, I think it's Nomadland's year. I think it speaks to where we are in terms of, you know, uh, within the pandemic still and what people have been going through. I think it's, it's all the more resonant because of where we are. Um, it's a beautiful film. I think that uh, it's probably, I mean, if I were a betting person, if I were to put my money on something, that's what I put my money on. Um, on the other hand, Trial of Chicago 7 also feels timely and that this is a political year um, and that speaks to us as well. I just have a feeling though that it's gonna go to no man. Um, and I do think it's interesting that um, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom is on the rise. I think, yes. you know, the Chadwick Boseman factor is huge. Uh, we all miss him to this day. We will miss him for a long time, probably. Um, so I feel like, and, and of course, August Wilson and a play and all of that. It's been a good year for adapted plays with the father also. Um, but I, I really think it's going to be No Man. Keith, I'm so skeptical about that because No Man Land is as wonderful as a mood piece and even a little, a little glimpse into uh, the, the unseen America. Uh, it doesn't have a plot <laughs> it, and it, it has a very, it's, it's a wonderful film in every way, but it doesn't have the, the rooting factor, which you often need to win best picture. You actively need people rooting for it. Chicago seven delivers that at the end, etc. Some other movies do don't. Uh, what movies do you say can win best picture two months so i you know nomadland is is hard to uh ignore certainly because of 
all the wins, um, all the, you know, highly placed in critics lists. I don't know how it's going to sit with the Academy. Um, I think it's going to possibly, you know, I, I said this about Roma, which was Roma had, you know, Netflix said that it had 78 million views, you know, within, you know, like the first five days and about 38 million of those people watching fell asleep during it. Um, I think that's going <laughs> to, I think that's oh, going to be, that's true. Uh, I, and I love Roma. They watched I, I, it a small screen. That's because they watched it on Netflix. It made a huge difference. Huge difference. Yeah, but I that is a huge difference. No Man Land uh, would be this year's Roma, which would be, uh, I would not lament that as much as I lamented Roma, but yes, I agree. Yeah, so um, so I think, you know, it, it's it's incredibly arty. I actually am a much bigger fan, although Nomadland's my number uh, four film of the year. Um, I was a much bigger fan of the writer of Chloe Zhao's uh, film too. before this. I, yeah. I adore that film. Um, this one I don't feel as strongly about uh, in, in that way. Yeah, um, I feel exactly like you. I mean, I actually saw it for the first time that I saw it. I had read the book about a year before, and it did not, it, you know, it was so different from the book that created the whole story of Francis McDormand's character. And I was so kind of annoyed that it would that it veered so much from the book that it wasn't the same animal that I thought, how could they call it Nomadland? And then, so I, I wasn't a fan. And then I re and I I loved the writer. Then I rewatched it and sort of tried to divorce that from it and just judge it on its own merits and and I definitely see its appeal do I love that movie with the same kind of passion that I loved Parasite or Roma or or the the, the passion I feel for Minati uh no I don't but I think it's uh, I think it is beautiful and I think that it it is the movie right now for the time but I agree with you I, I've talked to you know a couple people who are not in this sort of prognosticating business or whatever, whatever it is we're in. Um, and they have said, there's no plot. I found it boring. So. And so for me, Tom, the, the one that I, my number one film of the year, and I'm actually surprised it's not just kind of a lock. It, it surprises me is One Night in Miami, which I absolutely adored. Um, and I felt really was about bridging all of you know first of all recognizing um our history the context with these you know four amazing men and four incredible performances yeah, yeah. um and you know amazing direction by regina king to make kemp powers um play really stay alive because that's hard to do with plays you always get to that point in play movies where you're like why doesn't he just walk out the door now <laughs> <They> <laughs> Right. And you just leave. Oh, because it's a play movie. That's right. Um, but I love that film. Um, and I think it uh, is, 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 is just has one of the sturdiest uh, structures and, and those performances. So, and so that's mine. Um, I think uh, Trial of Chicago 7, although I'm not as wild about it as everyone else, uh, is certainly in that uh, discussion. Um, and I, I think those are really your contenders. And then, of course, there's the elephant that's not in the room in our discussion, which is Mank. Yes, uh, that has been uh, tanking. Uh, the expectations were really, really high. And I want you to explain why, Keith, in a second. But uh, it, we see a scenario at Gold Derby where Mank could still have the most nominations on, on nomination morning 
and still lose. Um, it is still, I'm gonna push over here to our, I'm gonna share my screen again. And this, these are the racetrack odds at Gold Derby that you get when you uh, aggregate all of the predictions by the experts. So you'll see number one, No Man Land, uh, Trial of Chicago seven here. This is the number of experts, this row here on the left of, of our experts predicting a nomination. This is the number predicting a win. So we have 17 experts predicting uh, Nomadland seven for Chicago seven. Uh, Mank is in fifth place. It started off in second place in this year. And, um, uh, you know, Minotti and then the father and the news of the world and, and Spike Lee's Defy Bloods, Promising Young Woman is really moving up quickly. And we've seen uh, animated films now and then in the best picture race. Uh, but explain, go back to it if you, if you could, uh, Ethan, explain why we had such high expectations from, Mank just seemed like the made for Oscar picture before we saw it, right? I mean, you know, it's, we've seen it time and time again. Although some people say this is a canard, which is that Hollywood loves movies about Hollywood. Um, and Recently. this is about as, yeah. And, and this is about as Hollywood is about Hollywood as you're gonna get. Um, and so I think that's where the expectations were, were, were you know, and, and then you have Fincher who has, um, you know, meticulous, brilliant, um, supposedly quite difficult, but, you know, demanding and gets um, the perfection that he seeks. You know, he's got movies that I absolutely adore. I think the underrated Zodiac, uh, for example. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Uh, and, and he's got a lot of that, he's got a lot of that. Um, boy, you know, I, I finished Mank and then I went back and I watched it two more times. <laughs> and, and, and each time I just went. Mm. Uh, so it, I, it's, and it's an, it's an odd film. I, again, I don't, now Ampass, they're all gonna get it. And, and, and quite rightly so. They're in the industry, they're gonna get all the inside jokes. Um, they're going to get all the uh, illusions and asides, um, but a general audience certainly will. Huh? They care that much. I mean, you know, just being able to get it. Does that make you feel impassioned about the movie? I, I think they're going to feel like you and I do, Keith. Uh, ultimately, I don't think that's, you know, it's it's an inside baseball story, and so what? You know, is yeah. it the best inside baseball story? Is it more interesting than other stories? Not particularly. Um, you know, I look at, at David Fincher's other movies, and I think any one of them was a better, was more qualified for Best Picture. Gone Girl, uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, even Social Network, certainly. You're gonna say Alien Three? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Say Although that. I like Alien Three, I should I just <laughs> everyone, but most. <laughs> um, but I mean, I was bored, and I'm the the prime audience for that. So we're, you know, we all are. And, um, you know, I, I guess it looked beautiful, but I really didn't care. I was bored. Um, I don't know that Ampus, you know, they're a broad bunch of people. They're of all ages now. I mean, they're still yeah. predominantly white male. So, but I don't think, I, I think you may be right about I hadn't thought about this until this discussion, but One Night in Miami may be the one that touches people more and more than Trial of Chicago 7. Um, and it may actually... It may actually win. I hope it does. I would love to Movies see that have that tug are, uh, is 
that Claudia's talking about, of course, it's very important. It goes back to Chariots of Fire beating, uh, um, what was it, Reds that year for Best Picture. And, and uh, in, in a uh, like Slumdog Millionaire, there's these movies that just make you uh, feel great at the end. Uh, News of the World does that. And it's um, ranked number eight right now. And it could very well pop in uh, a lot of top categories for Globes and SAG. Remember, we have not even seen the nominations yet. So uh, there are scenarios like all of a sudden News of the World is up for Best Picture, Drama Picture at the Globes, uh, and it's the feel-good movie that they go for. There are some things that could happen here, or uh, Spike Lee, everyone in Hollywood decides, oh my God, we'll finally give it to Spike Lee, and they don't care what the movie is, even though this has been well-received. Um, there are, remember Oscar, Oscar campaigns are all about narrative, as uh, many people remind us, the campaigners, and there are a lot of other narratives that could still play out, aren't there? There are a lot, it's a lot about narratives and it's a lot about paybacks. It's a lot about, you know what, damn it, we should have given it to you three movies ago. Okay, okay, Al Pacino, here's Scent of a Woman. Oh, I know, <laughs> what an embarrassment. Yeah. It's, well, it, you know, it's fine. But it's not everything else. It's not Serpico, Panic in the Air. It's not Godfather. Yeah. I think Shape of Water was making up for why we didn't give it to him for Pan's Labyrinth. You know, Abs absolutely. So it happens all the time. I, you're right, and that's where Spike Lee could come, or even Chloe Zhao for not having gotten it for the writer. Although that's you know, it's not like that much of a career. She's right. really even though for that one. Um, you know, and then also there's movies I think that could rise up like Souls really was stirring for a lot of people, you know, to see an animated movie win would be something very new. But I think the Regina King Patrick One Night Miami and then the fact that the, those voices ring, you know, in the year of Black Lives Matter, and those voices mean so much more to us maybe than they have in the past, although they should, should have always meant something to us. So I think that in terms of an emotional reaction that we, we could end up going with One Night in Miami. And then there's like, you know, all these things cancel each other out and then the, the solid and deeply moving, the father rises up or something, you know, the Anthony Hopkins and Olivia Colman. Father is a much better movie than uh, I anticipated it would be. I thought it would, we'd see a regular dimension movie and it does some wonderfully artistic things, uh, chancy things with the point of view, etc. And it's a just, Delightful movie. I think it'll be nominated for Best Picture, don't you? Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. Uh, in production and editing, because there are points where you where you finally understand what's going on in that film, and it's it's uh, it's awe-inspiring. It's it just leaves you dumbstruck that yes, you're so. like, oh dear God, now yeah. I. I actually saw the play just before lockdown. Um, the, the play was here in L.A. at Festival oh. Playhouse with Alfred Molina, who's great too. Oh. And um, and was really affected by the play, and it was you know it was great, but I think the movie is even better. Which rarely does that ever happen. Um, it's sort of like the book <laughs> movie factor, but um, I, you know it's it's probably Anthony Hopkins' best role, maybe next to Hannibal Lecter. Um, and in any other year, he he'd be slam dunk. But you know it's not. It, you have well, I'm jumping ahead, of course. But you have Chadwick Boseman, and you have Riz Ahmed, and you know it's it's it may not be his year, or maybe. Who knows? I, that's actually, you know, Tom, I, I love News of the World and um, I, I don't think it's gonna be much in in the discussion, which kind of makes me sad, but that's kind of the general zeitgeist I'm, I'm getting out of it. But what is really made me happy is um, seeing Sound of Metal uh, 
come up in this discussion. I would love to see that be one of the Best Picture nominees. I love that film. Yes, that can happen too. And also, uh, I have him and have had him uh, risk winning this category. Uh, there are many times in recent awards history in the peer group awards that uh, you thought the uh, that, that voters would be sentimental and and pick the uh, uh, the deceased guy. I'm trying. I can't can't remember even. Chadwick Boseman, posthumous. Oh, yeah, they would Postum do that. They did it with Heath Ledger. Definitely. Well, they did it with Heath Ledger, and they they did it with Peter Finch. That's the only two times they've done it. Um, in general, when making Emmy predictions, you see that a lot because they have so many acting categories. Um, uh, the legend doesn't win posthumously. If that were to happen, uh, let's say that did happen. Let's say the surprise comes at Critics' Choice Awards and we go, whoa, it's Riz Ahmed. Uh, and the Globes say, well, we want, you know, the rising hot new star and that's Riz Ahmed. I, I can see the scenario playing out then the momentum building for Riz. Do you guys think, either one of you, uh, that is a real possibility? Yeah. I do, actually. I could see, it, uh, you know, again, you know, uh, like Chadwick Boseman is, it's our last chance to, to vote for him in that in any role. So that's, you know, the sentimental factor. Um, but I think people were so affected by Riz Ahmed's performance and he's so good and he is a rising star. And it may, people may feel like it makes more sense to give it to somebody who, whose performances we've admired in other things, you know, The Night Of and, and uh, what was the movie with Jake Gyllenhaal? Night Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, Great film. Fantastic. So, I mean, he is such a wonderful actor. I think it could happen. Um, no, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, as you no said, I think this is one that is uh, uh, possible although I do agree, and those are very persuasive points, Claudia. Um, I, I, I think this is Chadwick Boseman's uh, category, again, because it's, it's a damn good performance, first of all. Um, in, in what I don't think is uh, a Best Picture uh, nominee, frankly. Um, really? Oh, my God. Not, not particularly, no. Although, you know, I, I loved and adored Fences, and, and, and I think this one doesn't, hit on the same level just because as August Wilson lets them be and as the act, uh, actors let them be they're pretty odious people they're not they're not the greatest people that we're watching for an hour and a half um, it's it's beautifully shot I, I just don't know about Ma Rainey um, but I think Chadwick Boseman it's like that's that part. I disagree yeah. with you on this one too. Now we're going to get into the, the gloves are off. Um, <laughs> um, I don't think they're odious people. I think they're they're maybe less. He's fair, fair, fair. Um, I, it, we have seen odious people, you know, get awards, and not that these are necessarily. But oh no, 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 I mean characters. Sorry. Yeah. Um, no, no, to no, clarify. No, 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 no. Of course, yeah. I know you meant and, and odious is too strong of a word. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're not they, exactly they're often unpleasant to each other and to themselves, and that's hard to watch. Um, some, yes, uh, I, I think you're right in general, but I mean, you could make that argument about Mank and some of the people in Trial of Chicago 7. You know, I mean, there's always unlikable people, but I, I don't, I, I agree with you that it's not as good as some of August Wilson's better works, but I do think it's going to figure into the top 10. Um, I, you're probably right. But the, I think it's best. I, okay. What, what are we looking at now? The best. So actor. this is the best actor chart, and take a look at this yellow line going up here. Hey, this is Riz Ahmed, uh, a steady, steady, steady climb. Uh, 
I think the pandemic has helped movies like Sound of Metal uh, that, that uh, you know. Absolutely. Which has been on common. Amazon for a while. And I think people, it's, it's a movie that you can see on a smaller screen and it's not going to affect it. The sound is so amazing, obviously. Yeah. The sound design, it's got that one in the lock. Um, and I think, you know, it's one of those, those movies that I keep hearing people say, oh, I just saw this movie. It's great. There hasn't been that much push, I think, about it. And people feel like they've discovered it. And there's that sense right. of discovery, yeah. which is a really wonderful thing. And that's what happened with Precious. There was a sense of discovery. Oh, this, you know, or, and Parasite, that was true. It was, oh, I, that was my discovery of a movie. And I think people own those things. I think this kind of uh, trending line means could mean something. So I'm going to keep. It, it means going. Keith's right. <laughs> stops there before. Look at poor Anthony Hopkins here. He was not the front runner, and then he's now in second place behind uh, Chadwick. But um, I think the problem with Anthony oh, Hopkins that's is something else. That's something else. The best actor category. This wasn't the case for last year, but for like the last, I don't know, six years has been a super weak category. Whereas the best actress has been like, who the, I don't know. There have been better roles for women, thankfully. And, not enough. But, but this year it's the best actor category. Uh, it's just jam packed with yeah, amazing good. performances. Yeah, yeah. Like in any other year, you know, it'd be very easy to, to sort of pull those things out and say, this guy deserves it, this guy deserves it. This is a really tough year. And yeah. I mean, I agree with you about Chadwick Boseman. I think he probably will win. And I um, I have adored so many of his performances and I would be happy with his winning, but I also feel like, well, Riz, I mean, Riz Ahmed's performance is just so amazing. Um, what he did with that role, uh, there's, you know. Absolutely. So. And it's largely him. Yes. Yeah. And that's the, and that's that's also the case. That's, you know, that's an interesting factor, which is, that's also the case with Anthony Hopkins. It's largely him. Yes. Um, whereas uh, Chadwick and Kingsley Benadire and Eli Goray, they're sharing. Ensembles, exactly. Uh, it's an ensemble. Yeah. yeah, and when you think about, again, this shouldn't necessarily factor into it, but you think about Anthony Hopkins being in his mid eighties, I believe. Um, and it's two or three, yeah. Yeah, okay, early to mid. But the fact that he is able to do that kind of performance. I can't. I can't memorize that much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's switch over to best yeah. um, uh, actors here and talk about uh, very curious, unpredictable trends, etc. Um, here we have, I'm, I'm not sure if this is blocking things or not here. Uh, look what's Gary's going really on. Wow. As Carrie uh, Mulligan has been shooting straight up, and now Zendaya broke into our top five just yesterday. So uh, okay, I just watched that movie last night uh, in preparation for this, and they both gave great performances. But talk about not wanting to hang out with those people and not wanting to <laughs> <laughs> through that fight. I was just like, it was painful. My husband uh, walked out of the room. It's like, oh, that was it was it was a painful experience. Was it? Oh, I I found it funny, I, which I was very surprised about. I I, I found it quite funny, um, very self aware, and not but not too yes, self aware. They're talking, about us. they're talking about critics. Talk about being inside baseball. Oh yeah, oh yeah, they're, they're very yeah. self aware, very self aware, and very well written and very well acted. But um, just you know, to listen to people fighting for you know what if it's two hour movie it was you know an hour and 45 minutes of fighting that's that's hard 
<laughs> I felt like it was a Virginia Woolf kind of experience. Who's afraid? Of it was very much, yeah. Who's afraid of Virginia Woolf um, without the other couple? Um, yeah, to kind yeah, of not George Siegel. Yeah, <laughs> and Sandy Dennis, yes. And Sandy Dennis, but boy, I, sh I, I thought it was, I thought it was quick-witted. Um, you know, there's so many points where you're like, all right, they cannot come back after this point in this relationship. Uh, and yet it does. I, I, I really liked, I was surprised at how much I liked it. And I think she wins best actress. Really? Really? Wow. Yeah. Well, she pulled I out mean, that I... Emmy upset. It was, uh, and she beat all the grand dames. It was impressive. She's, a, she's an amazing actress, but I, and we've given it, I mean, it's been given to Frances McDormand before. We all know she's a great actress. Um, I think it could be Carrie Mulligan's year. That's a possibility. Build Absolutely. that case because uh, if anyone's got the mojo right now, uh, heading that way, toward it, a straight line up, it's her. Why is that? Is that just because... Um, of the flamboyance. Well, first of all, she's been, she's been admired and, you know, she's kind of the Saoirse Ronan in that category, you know, where right. almost everything she does gets, a, gets an award. Um, but this is such a departure for her. It's such a very different role. And she's playing American. Um, and there's just a real momentum, I think, about that movie and what it's trying to say and the feminism in the wake of, you know, a few years after the, the rise of the Me Too movement. I feel like that's, I can see women particularly voting for, for that, uh, performance. I you just see the like movie. I'm sorry. You think the movie could get in for best picture? I think it could sneak in like the 10th spot. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Emerald Fennell for the, for the screenplay. Yes. I mean, I, and again, the LA film critics gave it, we gave her best actress and we gave that best screenplay. We only have the one screenplay category, not adapted and original, but um, yeah, I think it stands a pretty good chance. I think she's on the rise. I mean, Viola Davis, we all know is wonderful. Frances McDormand, we all know is wonderful. Um, so I think it is kind of maybe maybe between Zendaya and Carrie Mulligan. I think you're right. See, I can give. <laughs> <laughs> You've rendered me speechless, which rarely happens. Um, what do we think about Vanessa Kirby? Because just three weeks ago, all of us experts were like, oh, Vanessa Kirby, Vanessa Kirby. The blogosphere wouldn't shut up about her. And it was as if the Oscar was hers already. And um, looking back to our charts here, she's re she remains a very strong third place here. Here we're talking about her. Um, I'll, I'll tell you what, um, I, I think the it's an, it's an incredibly uh, soulful performance, deeply felt, um, deeply realized. I'll, the big issue I think uh, Vanessa Kirby has is the issue that I had which I did, I did not want to watch that movie because I knew what it was about. Yes. And I, I did not want to watch it. That's a painful experience too. Um, and yeah, and I also was distracted by the Shia LaBeouf factor, you know, that all that stuff came out about him, that, um, which didn't, doesn't diminish from her. Shouldn't, yeah. Amazing. It doesn't, but it shouldn't, but it kind of is in your head somewhere in there. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a tough movie to watch. Um, I don't think, you know, with Promising Young Woman, there's a lot of toughness there and certainly the end is tough, but there's kind of the colors and the lightness and the humor that infuses it. It makes it a little bit easier, even though they're both kind of, you know, they have, it's a tough, both of them are, are pretty hard movies ultimately at their core, but I, I agree with you. I, I think that that's a factor with, with Vanessa Kirby. Her performance is amazing. Again, yeah, it, it's a really good, you know, year for women in, in 
it's it's one of those things though when you've got that stack of all those you know screeners or the or the links to the screeners and you're like do i want to watch yeah absolutely oh. <laughs> so i think that's that's the only which is sad but i mean it's it's a factor yeah could happen right um, you know i interviewed sophia loren yesterday and oh, wow. uh, i know it was so much fun on zoom she's she was a Geneva and I had her son Eduardo uh, join so he, because she said in advance that she was nervous about her English, which I found surprising. But um, uh, it caused me to watch The Life Ahead twice. I, the first time I watched it, I was distracted and doing various things. And I thought, oh, what a nice little movie. And then when I said, all right, well, I'm going to be doing the Sophia Loren interview. I better really, really pay attention to this movie. And then I went back and revisited it last week and, and never let my eyes drift from the screen. And I just admired the film so much and the poignancy of it all. Um, Oscar voters are very, very sentimental sometimes. Mm -hmm. And not to Lauren Bacall, they weren't. Well, Lauren Bacall <laughs> wasn't very nice to anybody else. Why would <laughs> that was the problem. But uh, this is different, of course. And, uh, and she has already, hasn't she won some kind of uh, one of the humanitarian or some other? Yes, uh, she won a career achievement kind of thing. Yeah. Yes, yeah. But, um, and then one back in 1963-ish for uh, Two Women, which was the very first foreign language movie to win uh, Best Lead Acting Award. I don't know, I, I could see her getting it in the Golden Globes, Sophia. Oh yeah, yes. so them, totally. Hollywood Foreign Press, absolutely. They love their Great. stars, you know, especially a foreign star. Yeah, yes. but not- And plus, uh, plus that Golden Globes thing is an entirely different deal because of the comedy drama split. It just changes right. everything. That's, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I don't think she could win. I mean, she could maybe the the sort of goodwill, emotional, you know, thing that you're talking about could get her in in the fifth spot, maybe. Um, but I don't think she could. She'd win. Okay, but you do agree that she's a factor for a nomination here. Oh yeah, yeah. And you know who else is in the running here is uh, uh, Andra Day, and this is uh, we just or I don't know if we published it yet today or. or It'll be out later today, an article at Gold Derby of where we've taken a historic look back at uh, the fact that um, Oscar loves divas portraying divas. I mean, it's just uh, it's it's, Diana Ross is, is Billie Holiday and Lady Sings the Blues. And it's uh, Barbara Streisand as Fanny Bryce, etc. And it's Judy Garland as, you know, a kind of star is born. In other words, they love stars about us. Uh, uh, big divas uh, in real life who are portraying big divas on the screen. Sunset Boulevard comes to mind. Um, and Andra Day is a very, very popular, powerful act, uh, singer right now, a major star who took on the role of a deeply, deeply uh, haunted and troubled uh, jazz icon. Um, the movie is getting mixed uh, notices. But the performance is solid and it's got, uh, it's based on a real life person. There's the drug issue. It's quite a extraordinary turn for her. What do you guys think her chances are getting it at the Globes or Oscars or SAG? I regret to say I haven't seen the movie yet and I'm really looking forward to seeing it. So I feel like I have to recuse myself on that front. I, I just got my link today. Um, but this actually brings up a, a point, which I, I, I'm sure you've talked about in, in, in other chats, but there, you know, the way that this used to happen was people went to the arc light and they watched the movie and then they went, you know, like, you know, they had a, 
had schedules and the trades printed out when the uh, preview screenings were and and now they're links and you know it's uh, one of my contentions although i think it is a brilliant film is that silence of the lambs won and swept all of the top five because it was one of the first years that they had video cassettes right. or, or, or generally and they sent it and it had been out since february and people had watched it at home um so what happens now that almost well, all of it's been watched at home what's what's the difference of the dynamic there's got to be a difference I, I i don't know what it is and we're going to find out but that fascinates me it yeah does. the movies that are that work better at home and that's not to say that people don't have home theaters or big screens and all that but it's still not the same experience as being in the arc light or being in, you know in any kind of theater right. so i and and then i think there's this has been a factor with normal years where things come out late too and and because we have such an extended season it's not really late for the U.S. versus Billy Holiday, but it feels late because you know Nomadland's been kicking around. It's been at festivals and all that. So you know the Mortanian—that's another one coming out kind of later. So you wonder how those films, or even you know Malcolm and Marie, to that. Uh, or does it help because of the recency? I mean, yeah. I, you know, I was quite taken with Malcolm and Marie, and 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 had to fiddle around with my all my all my. But, you know, there is that recency aspect to it. I would be lying if I said it didn't be, it wasn't a factor. Sure. Yeah, it's gonna be really interesting to see what happens this year because it is such a strange year. Yet, a strange year in that we're watching things on links, but it's been a great year. We have really good- Oh movies. yeah. More than ever. So we weren't hindered by that, uh, just, you know, venue. Agreed. You know, and this, this was always my old argument when people go, Oh no, we can't watch you know movies on a television set. That's awful. That's horrible. <laughs> now, there is something magical and completely different and transformative about the theatrical experience. But I'll, I know where I first watched The African Queen and Lawrence of Arabia and The Third Man. Watched them on a TV because we didn't have <laughs> you know any art house theaters where I lived. So that's what you got. <laughs> And then um, you go back and see it. I, me too. And then I went back and, you know, when Lawrence Arabia was, was reissued yeah. on the screen, and it's like, oh my God, that's what that was. You know, that was completely so different. Yeah. Great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But for those films to trans, you know, transcend even that, you know, even because those screens were very big, I was watching them on either, um, you know, that Lawrence of Arabia doesn't need for you to, for the in, entire scope of it to still be an amazing and effective film. Anyway. Good stories are good stories. Good stories are good stories. Uh, the last of the major contenders uh, on our charts is uh, Kate Winslet uh, for Ammonite. Do you guys see that happening potentially? I think at first I thought she was uh, kind of in the mix because she's another one of those Emma Thompson, Saoirse Ronan, she's Kate Winslet. Of course she's going to be nominated. And she had <laughs> a perfectly good performance. Um, you know, speaking of Saoirse Ronan, so does she. But, um, but I don't think enough people saw that film and it was kind of no, it's just not, a, it's not in the conversation. So I no, don't yeah. it's not in the conversation. And again, it's just too tough a year. Yeah. Um, you know, you got you got five slots. And, <laughs> and it kind of feels like Portrait of a Lady on Fire, kind of, you know, like, oh, I've kind of seen this movie. I don't mean to diminish this, you know, story, because we've certainly seen a lot of male stories that sound, seem like something we saw the year before. But 
I think it's so close to Portrait of a Lady on Fire that people might just go, oh, that's at the bottom of the list of things to watch. Oh, wow. Um, I sure liked it. It was good. It was a great film. It's in my top 10. Really? Oh, wow. I thought yes. it was good, but I, I would put it in my top 10. I, I preferred Portrait of a Lady on Fire, but again, not the same movie. Um, here's we're looking at best supporting actors here now. Um, Amanda Seyfried has been out front in this race since September, uh, no, mid November, um, and it's unsteadily so. But now we see that she's starting to dip here, uh, and we have Olivia Coleman has just held on steadily for the father. I could see that happening, you know. Uh, it's like Sally Field reminded us when they like you, they really, really like you. Uh, she did just win two years ago or, or so, but um, uh, in lead, of course. But here, I think it's such a sympathetic portrayal. It's so deeply felt that I think it is in the mix. Uh, Burston, if they have seen Pieces of a Woman, but as Claudia said, it's a difficult movie to watch because it's the it, it just starts off so uh, emotionally uh, explosive. Um, and then we have uh, uh, the grandma from uh, Minotti. I think she could win. I do, do you really? I do, yeah. I do. As much as I think um, Olivia Coleman is magnificent, but she, again, we know she's magnificent and she did just win. Um, Ellen Burstyn is also fantastic in that role. It's a perfect supporting actress role uh, that could win. But, um, and again, she's been, you know, a stalwart actress around for a long time. But I think that, I, you know, this is the category where they give unusual, like, you know, it's not sort of the typical, uh, person sometimes it's like something you've never heard of like Mercedes rule for, for Fisher King and it's kind of you know they go off to not do much with anything else but I do feel like that that she was kind of the emotional center of that movie I mean the boy was too but I feel like mm -hmm. uh it was such a I don't know I just feel like that's uh, I, I think I think there's also the tendency to be able to go I love that movie and I can vote for it here yeah exactly Exactly. You know, I can I can show my support in yes. this category because I can live. Olivia Coleman's already got one. Amanda Streetfree didn't deserve one. Um, <laughs> and I can I can I can give it to Union of Junk. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's where the love for Minari is going to come about, and maybe also screenplay. But uh, yeah. Can we talk about the fact that the most blood curdling moment of the movie year for me? was in Mank when Amanda Seyfried has to screech out the lines, nobody makes a monkey of William Randolph Hearst. <laughs> <laughs> we approved her great marriage baby to acting chops, right? Yeah, I hope that doesn't go down in history like no one puts baby in a corner. <laughs> <laughs> AFI 200 years from now and it's, you know, top 100. Nobody makes a monkey out of William. No, thank you. No, no. What's on? Uh, you know, we have uh, uh, Maria Bakalova in fifth place here to steady rise up, up, up on our charts. Uh, on occasion, they have gone for comedic roles. So Tomei and my cousin Vinny. They don't often nominate uh, comedy, but if they do, they'll they'll, they'll tolerate. Uh, you know, comedy, the Oscar snobs in the supporting races, particularly. And boy, she's red hot, isn't she, Maria? She's a campaigning. Uh, there's so much support for her. Uh, uh, she's too unknown, though. I don't think that in a, in a year, if that was a weaker category, 
she could rise up, but, um, and she's great in it. And it would, uh -huh. would actually, I think it'd be who, really Who had ever heard of Brenda Frick before? Was she one? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah. Brenda Fricker. No, it's true. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's such a strong year when you're up against Ellen Burstyn, Olivia Coleman, and uh, Eugene Yu. I just think it's, a rear, it would be a real long shot if she won, but I think she I could see the Globes it. doing it, couldn't you? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. Globes, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I, I think that you've, I think you, I, I, again, you could have the situation where somebody wants to make a statement and, and you know, particularly about um, Borat, subsequent, um, would put in that vote, but um, I don't know. I, I'm glad she's here. Glad she's in the conversation. I'm glad she's in the conversation. I think the statement would maybe be made more in terms of screenplay, in terms of, you know, the content, not through her, but it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, which speaking of speaking of um, people that I'm gl super glad are in the conversation, um, when I did my, because I saw Sound of Metal last year at Toronto, um, not not this, not in 2020, but 2019, oh, wow. and my comment at the time was, if this was a fair world, Paul Racy would be in the uh, uh, nomination conversation, yes. and he is. Yes. <laughs> well, let's take a look at that supporting actor uh, role then. Um... What has he done before? I don't really, I didn't know of him until that performance. Maybe. Maybe a real person from the, you know, he was, he, his performance was so lived in and authentic and amazing. I was talking to my daughter who watched it last night. She's 27. She said he made her cry. No, oh, yeah. Um, and as I understand it, his parents are deaf. Really? Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, you gonna pull up a chart? Yeah. You want us right to talk? Here. <laughs> here we go. Um, here's our cheat sheet. Uh, Leslie Odom, look at that. He has been out front all along here, but uh, Sasha Baron Cohen uh, is rising for Chicago Seven, which of yeah, course. And if they gave it to Sasha Baron Cohen, I think that would also be the bone yeah. into Borat too. Yeah. Um, that would be my main reason for thinking that he could stand a chance because he was good, but I don't think he, he stood out before. And then the, and the, also the problem with one, with Leslie Odom is it's really hard to, they're all, all of those performances were so good. How do you, so, you know, I, I don't know that this That's, was out. This is actually a question that I don't know the answer to, which you're not supposed to ever ask, um, which is uh, why isn't Eli Gore in this conversation? Um, I don't even think we have him on this chart. I think we have him under best actor um, because uh, again, I, I've never seen anyone uh, get the humor of Muhammad Ali of Cassius Clay and, right, you know, right. just the braggadocio and the, and you know, the drive and the initiative and, but it's particularly the humor of the man. And I thought that was a fan. Well, they as Claudia, as you said, they're all four of them are fantastic. Aldous Hodge, they're all four. Of them. Amazing. I mean, Aldous Hodge has deserved. Aldous it. Hodge is great. He was fantastic last year in um, what was the film? Uh, gosh, it was a, it was the rest of the film was not as great, but he played a guy who was on uh, Death Row without. The oh, um, Mer Mer Mercy, no. Not just Mercy. It was it was the one with Alfred Woodard where she was the No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, but it was Clemency. Clemency, exactly. Yes, yes. Yeah, he was fantastic in that. He's he's such a great actor. 
Um, so yeah, I think that could undercut Leslie Odom, not to say that he wasn't fantastic, but um, you know, if this, if this is the ensemble category like SAG has, that would be, yeah. that, would be that one. Oh. And I also have yet to see Judas and the Black Messiah. Um, oh, I see, right. Yeah. I've seen it. And what do you think? Uh, a very, very good film. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those films where um, I think weirdly it, when you include actual footage of things that have happened, it takes away from what you're watching. Um, it's, it's, it, they're all good. Daniel, Hallelujah is, is fantastic. And Lakeith Stanfield is one of those guys as well. Lakeith Stanfield's going to be in some piece of crap eight years from now, which is about him and a little child and he adopts, and he's going to win for that <laughs> when he should win for like everything he's done. Yes, Ever. if he's in a movie, I, I will watch it just for him and I'll know that the movie is going to be better because he's in it. And that goes, yeah. there was the girl with the dragon tattoo movie that he had a very small part in and the last one of those. Yeah. He was amazing. He's a wonderful, wonderful actor. in every wonderful day. actor. Yeah. Um, um, and, and Daniel Kaluuya, I like a lot too. In Widows, he was one of the most terrifying characters I've ever seen. Oh, <laughs> I was so upset about Wid Widows is a damn good genre oh, it was film. fantastic. Yeah. I loved it, yes. Yeah. I saw Toronto. That was one that had a lot of you know, initial out of out of Toronto had a lot of uh, you know talk around uh, it. Yeah, it did. It did. Yeah, and then just because. Yeah, that was just because it's, it's, it's Steve McQueen. I know. Well, well that's the end still, I mean, it was seen so as good. a shoot 'em up, uh, you know, genre a movie that way. Uh, when Completely overlooked. It was yeah. It's one of the other people I feel like should be that should be on the best supporting actor uh, list is Tahar Rahim. Again, uh, the Mauritanian has been has come out late, but he is so good in it. He is. Would you put him as supporting though? He's kind of. He's kind of in between. He could. I mean, the story is about him, obviously. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. Screen time, you know. I think he's. I don't know. Uh, he and again, another actor, the Prophet. He's been so good for so long. Yeah. Um, and he's like 20 whatever he's young still he's got a long career ahead of him so he's got a long 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 career but my yeah. gosh yeah i agree yeah we've got uh, bill murray as a wild card in this race and remember this is the category that is often uh considered by voters as a veteran achievement award whether it's martin landau or jack balance or alan arkin etc many many or, of or not so or not sylvester stallone or not so bad, which was a real shock. Uh, wow. Hey, hey um, Mark Rylance. I know. And now Rylance is back. And that Rylance thing, I think that was the only uh, Oscar that movie won. So it wasn't like uh, he was, Mark Rylance was sweat or, or, very or a very emotionally showy role. It was so passive. But, but uh, here, Bill, Bill Murray is not himself. giving a flashy performance here. No, he's playing, he's playing but, kind of a version of himself. Uh, yeah, but that's okay. So is Anthony. That's Hunt. okay with me. Yeah. Uh, I, do, does he get in? Can he win? I think. But I think he could get in. I think it would be a long shot for him to get in. I love that performance uh, as him being some version of him. Um, <laughs> but, you know, there's so many. Yeah, like we were saying, Aldous Hodge, uh, Stanley Tucci in Supernova. Yes, uh, yes. There's so many good performances in this category as well that, um, yes, it's possible, but
but I think it's slight. Um, now you could, you know, maybe get the, you get in from that, but um, it's a really tough category. I don't think it's a year for older white man either. <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> I mean, except for maybe, uh, you know, uh, Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, notwithstanding, and maybe Paul Rassi, but uh, no, I don't think it's Bill Murray's year. But here, look, Mark uh, Rylance is back and in number four. I was surprised <sighs> that I know for Chicago. Okay, what do you think of the chances that Chadwick Boseman could get it for this category? And I had him in for a while as a nomination, yes. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. I love Spike Lee. He is, uh, he, he's a genius and I adore him when I have had the opportunity to have met him. Um, and I don't think this is a very good movie. I think the five bloods in the middle of his movies. I don't think it's absolutely in the middle of his movies. Maybe even. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's not, it's nowhere near black Klansman. No, um, it's not, it's not. uh, but I think Delroy Lindo's performance is pretty impressive, um, especially you know as a hardcore Trumper guy. I, um, but you're right. I think it's I think and Chadwick Boseman's performance was such a small little part of it. It was a key element, obviously, in the story, but not a you know big part of the yeah. Movie, so. There's uh, a popular vote, so uh, the voters could put him there. We've seen not frequently, but sometimes you know the Jessica Langs, the Julianne Moore's, uh, and, and some others. Um, Jamie Foxx get nominated in lead and supporting in the same year. So it's not, a, they cannot be nominated twice in an acting, in one acting category, the same way that the same writer and the same director could be uh, double nominated within their category. There is this crazy restriction for um, um, performances. And that's one of the reasons that uh, the category decisions were made in the case of Chadwick Boseman's two movies, the way they were uh, splitting them up. Um, that's interesting. I didn't realize that. So have we ever seen a case where the same director, the same writer has been nominated in that same category? Yes, uh, Soderbergh had two nominations. Uh, yeah, for Traffic and for Brockovich. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I forgot about that, okay. And then let's look at the last category, which is uh, director. And this is almost unanimous, of course, for Chloe. Um, for Nomadland. And if, if nothing else, we've seen uh, among the trends in recent years at the Oscars, we've seen the uh, director and the uh, Best Picture Awards split more right. often than it, than it agrees, which is unusual. Normally we have, um, uh, they would pair up through the years, match up. But look here, um, since uh, Mank started wow. heading south and David Fincher uh, with it, just a dip. He's still in second place. Uh, Chloe uh, has maintained the lead since late November, and I think uh, if she can hold, I think this is between her and uh, Regina King. I do too. I do too. I do too. Yeah, I think it's you know again, uh, people are happy to see women in the conversation, um, and there's a lot of love for Regina King. Um, so I can see that happening. I think, you know, people really admire Chloe, but again, she is a relative newcomer, but the feat of directing that film, even if you feel the film wasn't thrilling and, and, plot, and it was plotless as some might, still the way in which she directed it was, was impressive. And again, you'd, you'd also be giving somewhat of a award to the writer. So I think, 
I don't know. That's a, I definitely think you're right. Between those, I, I I'm going for Gina King, um, yeah. I, and I, and again, one of the things that may be working against her is all the adulation she's gotten in the last year and something. Um, but my gosh, what a what an incredible career! Um, I've seen it going to Regina King for director and Nomadland for picture. That I could see too. Yeah, our you could flip it around. Yeah. I could see one night Miami went in for best picture and, and Chloe went in. That's how I think it would, would go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah. then this Regina King, we keep underestimating her. You remember of her, uh, of it's her now four Emmy wins, three of them were upsets. Um, we knew she was going to take the Oscar when she did uh, because there was just, you could feel the love, the industry love for her. Yeah. Um, I think this transition to the director's chair in a film that is as successfully and joyously received as this one is, I think makes her a very attractive um, uh, candidate on that ballot for voters. I Isn't think it interesting though that both of them are, well, Regina King's not a newcomer, but a newcomer to directing, right? It's her right, director. right, right. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, someone who's directed uh, one other picture. I mean, that's up against Fincher and Fincher. And, yeah, yeah. It's really interesting. Um, but look at yeah. all the actors turned directors who would used to win on the, the guy side from Clint Eastwood to uh, Kevin Costner. Kevin yeah, Costner. It's definitely yeah. popular for that. Yeah. And I think that there's so much love for Regina King and so much love for, for the movie. And, what, and yeah. So I do think she probably has a slight edge over Chloe in that regard. Oh, do you? Okay. Uh, yeah. But I, either scenario that we can, came up with of those two getting the top. I think it. it's like uh, out of the last eight years, five of the winners for Best Director were uh, foreign-born, something like that. It was really... Uh, well, three of it Mexican, yeah, specifically. Yeah. yeah. Um, is, was, Chloe, final... is Chloe foreign-born? Is she, she born in, in China? Or is she from here? I don't know. I shouldn't say that. I should look at it. I think she was chai. I think you were right, Claudia. Yeah. Not that it matters. But yeah, it must be a little must be a little frustrating in the halls of the DGA. <laughs> They're like, I've been schlepping this for 25 years. Yeah, <laughs> she was born in would... Beijing. She was born in Beijing and she's only 38. Um, but she was educated at Mount Holyoke and NYU. So anyway. She's been she's been westernized, <laughs> in other words. Um I love the suspense of this year, guys. I mean, it's uh, it's not one of those, uh, you know, years like think something's a foregone conclusion or even just the shape of water year. Which By the way, when is anything a foregone conclusion? If last year proved anything- Oh, Parasite, yes. Nothing's a foregone conclusion. <laughs> yeah. It's very- Never before that. Very I mean, that was a movie that divided people so much. I despise that movie with every fiber of my being. And, you know, people were predicting Roma, 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 and then Green Book wins. I mean, it's, you never know. It's, uh, I hope never to I'm gonna, You know what? I don't want to be a coward. I loved Green Book. And, <laughs> I loved it too. I totally loved it too. I did too. <laughs> I loved Green Book. I, and and I love them both. I don't want to go to that, but yeah. But yeah, I love them for very different reasons. But, uh. <laughs> We'll block that one out, but uh, uh, as all right. So, as a, a supreme film critic, Claudia, do you, what wins the Claudio Puig Award of Best Picture of the Year? What is your favorite film this year? This year, yeah. um, Minari. Really? Yeah, 
Yeah. Hmm. Quiet little film. It's not as showy, but um, I was really deeply moved by it. I was moved by the performances, by the story. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's my, you I, know. Buddy, you can help me out on this. One of the, one of the uh, other ones that are, uh, I think is being sadly overlooked is, um, I can't think of the actress's name, but she plays the wife um, in Minari. And she's brilliant. Yeah. Um, she's really everything that you're feeling is being reflected off her face is she is almost you know the absorption of all of this pain and anger and mistakes and frustration she's an incredible actress I'm damn sorry I can't think Um, of her name I'm looking up her name is it um Um, well Cho uh no Yeri Han yeah that's it Yeri Han yes incredible actress you know, some of the smaller movies were the ones that really affected me this year. Um, there was a mo- little movie that nobody saw called St. Francis that uh-huh. was really affected by. It was a little indie movie. I mean, that's often the case with smaller movies. Um, there was Farewell Amour, which was, uh, you know, a lot of stories about immigration that I thought were really good. I Carry You With Me, um, you know, I think it was a pretty strong year for foreign films, Not maybe not as strong as last year was but um yeah those are the ones that really had more of an effect on me than i loved one night in miami too but um i don't know like some of the movies that, that are the, the bigger ones that are in the conversation have left me somewhat cold definitely mank even trial of chicago seven yeah it's a good strong movie aaron sorkin you know good but did it rock my world no. what's your favorite movie me yeah, let's go yeah. with keith next yeah, yeah. Um, my number one movie of the year by, by a good stretch is One Night in Miami. Um, I just, uh, there was so, there was so much balance and decency and conflict and resolution. It was, to me, it was what America's about, which is disagreeing, but disagreeing in, um, in intellectual conversation. What America um, should be about and what America yeah. is not about this past year, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know we've been here before, you know, um, that 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 was part of it for me too, and 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 I saw it um, pretty early on. I saw it for for Toronto, and I, I just found a just a such a deep strain of decency in it uh, that so I that I adored it. You're admiring about it are also some of the things that I admired about Minari. And I feel like that's a truly American story, right? An immigrant yeah, family, yeah. and then set in Middle America. And, you know, and it had this, this core of decency and, and authenticity and um, maybe because we've been so, you know, our world up until two days ago was lacking in some decency and, you know, we're, we're seeking it. <laughs> <laughs> My favorites were, uh, and I don't, I, I can't rank these, but I, I would put One Night Miami certainly in that top five. And I loved Ma Rainey as Black Bottom. I watched it twice. And I loved Chicago Seven because I lived it. I mean, I had a, I'm old enough that I had a draft number in the Vietnam War. Wow. Um, and News of the World was just a good old fashioned, well-made movie that, that uh, Green Book style tugs at your heart at the end. <clears throat> but also about the choices you make, um, you know, what you choose. And uh, one of the things I is he is, he's in Texas and he probably fought, you know, dubiously, um, and it's 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 about the story you choose to tell, um, as much as that sounds like a marketing line. I, I think it's uh, it's very resonant. And you think about what Paul Greengrass has seen and done 
um, with, you know, his last several films. Um, he's an amazing director. He's Flight amazing. in July. He's, he's, he's looked at the worst of humanity and, uh, and he comes up with this. Yeah, that is really interesting. I really have loved those last few movies that he made. I just thought they were, you know, he's such an amazing director. Yeah. And, you know, he's one of, the, one of those people that no matter what he makes, because he is who he is, you know, you, you have to see it. I mean, he's, he's just amazing. Okay, uh, Derbyites watching us here. In a way, it really doesn't matter what we think because you're the boss at Gold Derby. You make your predictions. Go to the prediction center up in the top right corner. It says, make my predictions or uh, click on that, get in there and see if you can beat our scores on Oscar nomination morning. Uh, you're facing some real pros here. Uh, Keith's come in number one uh, a couple of times beating us all. Uh, Claudia, have you won yet? I can't so maybe this is my year. <laughs> maybe it's your year. Okay. Uh, it's been a long time since I've won my own contest. <laughs> but, <laughs> that's the way of it. <laughs> there, that's life. That's right. So uh, thank you guys. Thanks guys for talking. We'll catch up again soon. Thank you. It was a lot of fun. Great to see you. A lot of fun. Yeah. Great seeing you all. Both. Bye. Bye.